Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about two vigils that we conducted along with some friends in California in Fresno and in Roseville, California, which is just outside of Sacramento. And our hats off are actually to our new participant individual is Craig Hansen, who lives north of San Francisco. And he actually called us and wanted to know when we were going to do a vigil in his area. And he mentioned that there was a KUFI event, Christians United for Israel, at a church in Roseville, California. And we talked to Craig and said, well, let me check with our friends in Fresno who have had a number of vigils there, and we've helped participate with them in front of a church that has held KUFI, Christians United for Israel, events, and is listed as one of their supporters in the Fresno area. And so one of the things that we did in our vigil, which was a welcome addition, generally when we do these vigils, we're in churches where people drive by. So we don't get much interaction with people. Occasionally we do get churches where there is foot traffic. And in the case of Fresno, the Cornerstone Church, it's in an old movie theater right downtown Fresno. And so people have to walk in on the sidewalk. And it was a great opportunity for us to hand out a new flyer that a friend of ours developed. And flyers entitled, Do Followers of Christ Have an Obligation to Israel? What does the Bible say? And we're just going to read the first page. And it's got a second side of it, a lot more detail. But the interesting thing about this I was standing on the corner, not holding a sign, and said to people coming towards the church, do followers of Christ have an obligation to Israel? Holding out this little half-page flyer, two sides to it. And we'll give you a link to anybody that wants to see the flyer. And you can do the same thing, have your own fun at a Christian Zionist church near you. And the interesting thing was most of the people thought that this was something that was favorable to Israel because they have been conditioned to almost literally worship the state of Israel. It seems in many cases that Jesus is kind of secondary. They put Israel ahead of almost everything, at least in our assessment of how we interact with these people. Now, we did have a couple people that actually looked at it and came back and were indignant about it and gave us a little bit of a hassle, but that's to be expected. This flyer is talking about the idea, the concept that is the kingdom is not a physical state, it's a spiritual state, and you know there's a spiritual Israel and so forth. So why don't you just read these points. What does the Bible say? The promise to Abraham is transferred from a bloodline nation, Galatians 4, 22 through 31, to a spiritual community, Romans 10, 12. 
Romans 10:12 For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him The temple is not a physical building John 2:19 through 21 and Revelation 21 verse 22 Revelation 21:22 but I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The Jerusalem of prophecy is not of this earth. Hebrews 12:22. The kingdom is not a physical state. Hebrews 12:28. God warned the Israelites, Ezekiel 5, 5 through 8, he would be expanding the franchise. Malachi 1, verse 11, and there would be no more favorite ethnicity. Hosea 2, verse 23. Nowhere in the book of Revelation is a war against a geopolitical Israel described. Israel has been reassigned. The title now belongs to whoever wants in, a voluntary community of believers. The present state of Israel is to be judged by the same standards as any other nation. All yet to be fulfilled prophecies, like Daniel's, must be read through the new spiritual prism. And then, of course, on the back, there's further verses and some explanation. But it is held by Christian Zionists that the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy and so that anything they do is acceptable in, in their sight because they feel that to say something or do something against Israel constitutes a sin against God. And many Christians disagree on this point. So we realize that not that many people are going to accept this or even look at it, but we, did, we were fortunate actually to have an associate pastor at this church in Fresno come out, talk to us, and we handed them the flyer, explained why we were there. We said that their association with John Hagee and Christians United for Israel does not reflect Jesus' teaching. And we reminded the pastor that John Hagee has called for war against Iran for over six years. He also prayed to go to war with Iraq before the war started in 2003, and this does not reflect Jesus' teaching of blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And so we left him with us, and we're hoping and praying that maybe he'll see the light. Now, he assured us that their association with Kufi, Christians Unite for Israel, and John Hagee was a very small part of their ministry. He said that their prime focus is to win people to Jesus Christ. But we know many people are turned off by what supposedly followers of Christ like John Hagee are saying and doing that are promoting these wars. Our second vigil was at the Abundant Life Fellowship in Roseville. And we, as we mentioned earlier, 
Craig Hansen joined us there along with we've got Dave Jacobs from Fresno that uh, joined us both in Fresno at the Cornerstone Church there and at the Abundant Life Church in Roseville right outside of Sacramento. And so what I'm, I'm going to call on Craig just to give us a little description what led him to wanting to do a vigil, maybe his little journey I think would be very interesting to anybody listening in here, and how he became very sensitive on this issue that we have been working here at We Hold These Truths for over a dozen years. And so with that little bit of introduction, I'm going to ask Craig just to give a little bit about his journey. And then also, I want Craig to talk about, because I mentioned his braveness, he was the only one of our group that decided to go in and witness the Kufi presentation. It was a, a night to stand by Israel, and they had an Israeli defense soldier, and he'll talk a little bit about that and what went on and some of the very significant things that were said there and the fact that they did acknowledge we hold these truths. They've seen this elsewhere, and I'll let Craig explain that a little bit more. Thanks, oh, Craig, for joining us. Would you just okay, give us a little description of what prompted you to call us and join in with a, a vigil? Well, uh, thanks, Tom and Chuck, for uh, providing the opportunity. Actually, I was uh, just doing an Internet search on Christian Zionism, and we hold these truths uh, popped up. And so one click led to another, and then what led to a phone call with Chuck on, uh, I think it was a April 20th is when I first talked to you, Chuck, and you gave me the uh, uh, information about looking at the calendar for Kufi. Well, I looked on the calendar, and lo and behold, here was the one in Roseville. But uh, as far as my journey, how that started years ago, when my children were very small, we um, lived in a small house with a Jewish family across the street, and my kids grew up with their, their kids, and we did the bar mitzvahs and the bat mitzvahs and the Hanukkah candles and the dreidel dreidel and all, all that stuff. And I didn't realize it, but I really was a Christian Zionist. Uh, when I, I got saved way back when in the 70s, late great planet Earth with Hal Lindsey and all of that, and that's what I was taught. It was coming from the pulpits, and so that's why I, be I believed it. And then uh, after our kids were older, we moved into another neighborhood, and I moved into a neighborhood with three Christian Palestinian families. And as I got to know them, I found out that all the things that I'd been taught about Israel uh, weren't quite the truth and got a whole different take on uh, what life was like in, in Palestine before 1948, uh, after 48, before 67, and after 67. So it opened my eyes to the plight of the Palestinians, the, the amount of abuse and uh, persecution that they have been under uh, because of the Israeli first uh, organizations. So that's kind of how I, I got into the, the Christian anti-Christian Zionist movement. Uh, but let me just uh, give you some of the ideas, and I, I made some notes about the about the vigil. Uh, first of all, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to, a Tom, like you said, a lot of foot traffic. Uh, we had a lot of people going by. Uh, but not a lot of interaction. And uh, since I was a newbie, uh, this was my first one. It was probably just okay. But I, I'm hopefully uh, with, the, with the next ones that we get involved in uh, that I'll get some um, a chance to talk to people one on one. But um, anyway, the sign that I was holding was, "Who would Jesus bomb?" 
and the picture of the world. Jesus, a picture of Jesus beside with a tear uh, coming down his cheek. And then it, uh, down below was it looked like a Palestinian mother holding her injured or dead uh, Palestinian child. Uh, the message comes across really, really clear that there's, there's death and suffering as a result of, of, the, of the bombings that take place there. And as I get into more of the description of the meeting, you'll see why, how that, uh, that plays into it. The church pretty much is a Pentecostal, uh, active contemporary church, um, a lot of you know, the, the typical uh, band, rock and roll band kind of uh, venue. When I came home and talked to my wife about the whole experience, her response was, wow, this is a well-oiled machine. Uh, Kufi is very organized, very well-funded, and how they put this together uh, was absolutely in incredible. The, the, the speaker for Kufi uh, actually, the, um, the, the guy who introduced the speaker, his name is Randy Neal. He's a full-time Kufi employee, and he's the uh, Western Region Coordinator. And he was the one that uh, was introduced by the pastor of the church. And I must say, Randy Neal is a very effective speaker. He, he made uh, connection with the uh, congregation right up front, naming names, getting a personal contact, and the people were just you know, uh, right, right with him the whole way. So uh, he, he just kind of greased the skids to have the speaker come in. Uh, and he, he said that from Genesis to Revelation, plan for God's firstborn, uh, that plan trumps all the petty things that divide us. So calling Israel God's firstborn, which I thought Adam was, but anyway, uh, he talks about Israel, the nation of Israel is God's firstborn, and that trumps any divisions that we might have in the body of Christ. The... Uh, the gist of the whole thing is to get Christians united to have political action to continue the political uh, economic support for Israel. That's the underlying theme that it's just, it comes through over and over again uh, with the baskets being passed for the donations and so forth. Uh, Randy made three disclaimers. He said, first of all, this is an, uh, Kufi is an evangel evangelical Christian organization that Jesus is, uh, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. And of course he gets cheers and, and claps for that one. He also said that Kufi does not demand that the Jews agree with their theology before Kufi stands with the nation of Israel. That's their position, that even though they're evangelical, they don't want the Jews to become Christians. At least they don't take any uh, witnessing stand with them. And also he said that uh, being pro-Israel is not anti-Arab. They just hate evil, and the connection being, obviously, most Arabs are evil. Uh, it, it, was, it was subtle. He didn't come out and say it, but that's kind of uh, just their, their stand on that. And um, he said, also, it's going to be a really biased presentation. If you don't think Israel has the right to exist, you should reclaim the rest of your evening and just walk out. Uh, that's, that's how he said. So uh, then he said, you get out and vote, uh, find the write texts, write, email your representatives, sign the pledge card for Kufi, and Israel has a duty to defend their citizens. And with that, he introduced um, the, the speaker and the speaker's brother. And the speaker's brother's name was Raphael. And Raphael gets up, and he has his yarmulke on his head, and he gets up, and he, he's a singer, and he starts to sing the Star-Spangled Banner. Of course, everybody stands up, and we... We, he, we listen to Raphael sing the Star Spangled Banner. Then he finishes the Star Spangled Banner. Everybody sits down. Then at once everyone is seated, he starts right into the Israeli 
national anthem. And once again, everybody goes to their feet except two people, uh, one gentleman with the walker that couldn't stand and myself. Other than that, everybody else stood up, and I'd estimate probably between four and 500 people uh, were there inside, inside the church. So uh, once, once he finished the uh, Israeli anthem, everyone clapped and just cheered, and it was, it was wonderful. And then he sat down, and his brother, uh, Benjamin Anthony, uh, stood up. And he, uh, uh, Benjamin is an IDF uh, reservist, and he's a heavy machine, gun, uh, heavy machine gunner. And um, he starts with a heartfelt story about his experience with personal anti-Semitism in England as, as a young boy. And he, uh, it just grabs your heartstrings as you see these young uh, Jewish boys being uh, taunted and uh, uh, basically beat up by these ruffians. And so uh, he goes on to say that he was one of those boys. And it's a very heartfelt story, and it really you know, grabs, grabs you. And then he goes on to say that his great-grandfather and his grandfather always longed for a place where they could be free and be safe. And so hence the, uh, the move to Israel and then becoming citizens and then he, he going into the IDF. He also stated that uh, all the stories you hear about the IDF and the atrocities are all false, they're all lies, and that he's been there, he's seen it all, and that he knows that these things are not true. Uh, kind of reminds me of, uh, don't believe what you see. He also talked about the weapons that he carried. Um, he, he said there have been different rifles, they're you know, different, you load them differently, you clean them differently, you grease them differently, but one thing they all had in common was right above the magazine was property of United States government. And on the scopes, property of United States government. And he was just so glad that America was standing by Israel because without that support, uh, Israel would not be able to defend herself. And again, the whole undercurrent of the theme was support your congressman, support anybody who supports Israel and be sure to send money from the United States. That was the underlying uh, theme. After he was done, Randy Neal uh, came back up. And this is what really shocked me. Randy went over, uh, if you just do a survey of, of people in society, about 77% or so think United States should support Israel. But then when you go to the college campuses, and ask, should the United States support Israel, it drops to the 30s in the 30%. And so what they're going, what Kufi is going after right now, it's called Kufi on campus. They're going for the younger, younger generations trying to solicit the support from the younger generation to pick up where the older folks are, are starting to uh, die off and they're not as pro, the younger folks are not as pro-Israel. So there's a major thrust with Kufi on campus. There's going to be a gathering of about 50,000 college students, I think in July sometime in Washington, D.C. When they pass the hat, uh, the, uh, Randy said that maybe we can get a, a, probably a scholarship for one or two people from Abundant Life Fellowship to be able to go back to Washington, D.C. and be a part uh, of that. Uh, so that is definitely a, a thrust on that. Now, Randy did mention the, the friends, our friends on the sidewalk. You know, so we did get mentioned in the in the service eventually. And he said they're out there with their signs. Who would Jesus bomb? And he goes, I'll tell you who Jesus would bomb. Jesus would bomb the railroad tracks, 
going to Auschwitz. That's who Jesus would bomb. And when I came home and told that to my, my daughter, she just she goes, you've got to be kidding me. Here we're talking about who would Jesus bomb, and he goes, what would Jesus bomb? He changes the who for the what. So there's no question of uh, bombing Palestinian hospitals and schools and white phosphorus bombs on children. All that stuff gets eliminated because we're not bombing who, we're bombing what. And, of course, when he said bomb the railroad tracks, everyone cheers and clapped, and it was just uh, uh, quite, quite the, uh, the show. And then uh, he uh, talked a little further and um, said that uh, be sure to pick up Israel, the Israel 101. It's a pamphlet they were handing out. And he said, with that, you'd be able to answer our friends on the sidewalk. So with Israel 101, I picked up a copy. I have not yet to been able a chance to go through it and just show the, the errors in the thing. But that was uh, really hit the slam against us being out there. He really was, Randy was surprised that we were there. He said he's, he's seen us uh, in Colorado and in Arizona, but this, I guess, was the first time he'd seen us in California area, or at least that he had seen us. So um, anyway, so that was kind of neat. And then um, after he was done, Raphael comes up for one more song, and I just, uh, you could probably guess what that's going to be, but I'm going to play you a little bit right here. Exodus. Ready. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. Of course, that's Pat Boone singing the 1960 version, but. When Raphael came up and started singing that, the whole place erupted. People had their hands raised, waving back and forth, and I wasn't quite sure if they were worshiping God, worshiping Jesus, worshiping Israel, or Pat Boone, or I, I, I don't know what, what it was. But it was the most incredible uh, situation to watch. Uh, the word that comes to mind is sheeple. These people were totally in the palm of uh, Randy and uh, Ben and Raphael. They were, they were totally sucking this whole thing up, never once questioning anything. And that's why I, I would like to see us be able to come up with signs, posters, something that would go after the basic theological position that these people are believing, that Israel does have a right to the land, that somehow we should be supporting them in that, and what happens to the Palestinians, it doesn't really matter. So anyway... Uh, that's my that's my take on the on the on the whole thing. I'm I'm so glad I was there. It definitely was a um, an eye opener. Well, thank you, Craig. That was that was very inspiring, and you've inspired us. And this just shows the power of the individual one. We had not planned a, an event out there. We've had events. We've been probably to at least eight or ten other Kufi events. I know in Minneapolis. Can you think of some other areas we've been? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. We've been to their national conference there. Yes. Texas. Can you think of any other uh, places where we've been to Kufi events? Well, we were, we've been to Washington twice. Oh, yes, Scottsdale. Um, Scottsdale, Arizona twice, and to uh, Roseville, Minnesota, which is in Minneapolis, to one of his uh, directors there. And uh, by the way, at, uh, at a, a recent hearing on a bill to allow Israel to sell bonds to the state of Colorado, uh, one of the 
people who came in and witnessed uh, there for, for the affirmative side for the bill uh, was uh, Pastor George Morrison of the biggest Christian Zionist church in Colorado. So these people actually get out and go out and testify for Israel at the legislature and places like that. And this is the same church where we've had two vigils there that were hosting Christians United for Israel John Hagee events. And the last vigil there, we actually did a video of that, and we included in our video the prayer by John Hagee on the Benny Hinn show. This was prior to the 2003 Gulf War, where he actually prayed in the name of Jesus to start a war in the Middle East to protect Israel. So that's how extreme they are, and this insight that Craig has given us inside one of these Kufi events is very, very interesting. I'd also like to bring in David Jacobs, our team leader in the Fresno area, who has conducted a number of vigils there. He spearheaded the vigil at the Cornerstone Church back in 2011, and they had just finished hosting a Kufi, Christians United for Israel, event there. And welcome. David, do you have any comments you'd like to add uh, about, about the vigils? Our experience uh, has been in that, uh, of course, the Cornerstone Church and the, and the foot traffic there and, and the ability to uh, be one-on-one with uh, the people there. When we were there in 2011, there was one fellow that I talked with pretty extensively and just was doing all I could to encourage him to take the information, take it with prayer, search it out for yourself, and see what kind of answers you uh, come up with. I was kind of hoping that I would uh, see him again when we were down there on Sunday because he was one of the fellows that seemed to be in charge. It was interesting talking with him. And our experiences have been similar to where you know we're standing near the entrances and the cars are going in. But we do get people come back out and, and talk to us, and we get an opportunity to be one-on-one with them and, and give them the information. Wow. Well, thank you, David, and thank you, Craig. Those were two remarkable testimonies. And if anybody listens to this, we know these programs get heard all over the world, and they kind of take a life of their own. And if you'd like to do something, let us know. We're trying to develop the resources, and if we humanly possibly can, we'll even try to get there, but we can't promise that. But it is something that needs to be done. People in churches need to be challenged to think about what Jesus taught us, to love our neighbors as ourselves, even to love our enemies. We seem to see, as we've mentioned many, many times, a disassociation, and people get angry because we're there, that we're challenging. And we're not, we know this is not a mass acceptance appeal. We're looking for the individuals that are seeking the truth and are willing to look and listen because we've all been deceived, and we all admit here at We Hold These Truths that we've been deceived on a number of issues, and the courage that both David and and Craig have demonstrated in changing their thinking and being willing to do something about the, the problem, 
even though it's kind of a, it is definitely a David and Goliath scenario where organizations like KUFI are so well funded and have a slick operation that can wow people and dazzle them with their programs. So we, we thank you um, for listening. Please pass this. I'd like to add one thing. It all looks very hopeless when we look at the power and organization and money of Christians United for Israel, but uh, we all need to remember that each one of us went through one of these changes ourselves in some fashion, in some manner, as uh, Craig's described, probably as, as David could, could describe, as certainly I could describe and Tom. So it's a matter of changing lives, and someone said that people go insane in masses, but they recover their sanity slowly, one by one. And this is exactly the way our situation works. People like those in John Hagee's churches can and do recover their sanity, but it comes slowly. It happens in the dark of the night in bed, one-on-one, -on -one, and with the thoughts that bring about that change that somehow are implanted in your mind. So that's the hope in all of this, and I'm very appreciative of all of you. Grateful to be associated with you guys. And Leslie? Thank you, Chuck. And again, thank you, uh, David and Craig. You know, it's the individuals that make changes, and we don't know how many people will influence, uh, but some way down the road, they may change their opinion in all this and become another freedom fighter for truth and justice for one and all, including the Palestinians. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.